0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we're going to be in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1-13. through I simply entitled this study, Faith Standing Fast on a Firm Foundation. This is the first half of... Of this two-part study. It's simply entitled this Faith Standing Fast on a Firm Foundation. We'll look at it in three parts. Faith destined for afflictions in verses 1 through 5. Faith that stands fast and comforts others in verses 6 through 9. And then faithful earnest prayer abounding in love in verses 10 through 13. When we get to verse 10 you're gonna seem like I've just broke that up in a way um, where you're like, well, why did you why did you break it there? Because that's where the prayer begins for Paul, and that's why I did that. Um, as we head in, and I think this is what's happening, we are heading into 2024. And we're here. You know, it started, right? Everybody's busyness may have already started. I think some of the schools go back this week. Uh, some have already gone back, and schedules and jobs and everything are already moving back to normal and christmas is gone right that fast it's already disappeared and i told y'all last week the totes are out the exercise equipment's out if they don't want to make you feel bad about all the stuff you ate over thanksgiving and christmas and new year's right um but we we move into 2024 as a pastor you know, one of the things we ask for is a vision for the church. And normally a vision is not one of affliction. But after 2023, it seems that that's what we have gone through. And, and the reality of it is, is this is something that Paul would have taught to the young church. And we are a young church. You know, we're just finishing year three. Just finishing year three. And as a young church, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't teach this because Paul taught three things, three primary things. He taught that you are to share the gospel. He taught that you were to make disciples. And he taught that you were going to go through afflictions. Why? The early church went through afflictions. People were fired from their jobs. They were kicked out of their houses. Some were disowned. Some were stoned to death just because they followed the way. They followed Jesus Christ. Now, in America, we don't deal with it in that capacity. But it's coming. If things continue on the direction that it's going, it's coming. You need to be ready for it. And 2024 is going to be a crazy year. Crazy and that's why the church needs to be prayerfully I, 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 I got a family member that's lost and they are attending church every week they are as woke as they can be and I'm like what Bible are you reading because when we vote, we vote we vote based upon biblical worldview based upon the word of God we don't support any politician that, that supports things that are ungodly I can't vote for that. Whether they're on the left or the right, I won't vote for them. I'd rather write an amen. But we're coming to a a time where there is going to be conflict this year. Because people who have power don't like giving it up. But the church needs to stay on point, share the gospel. Make disciples and be ready for afflictions. Be ready for it. It's coming. And you go, well, what are afflictions? Anguish, trials, tribulation. That's that's what the word in the Greek means. Illness, death family members that are arguing and don't want nothing to do with each other anymore because you've chosen something to follow and they, they're, they're like, well, you're... I mean, I, I, I believe we're considered to be the... Christians are considered to be Hitler now, at least according to my, my in-law. Sad, but that's how indoctrinated people are. See, Paul tells us what his life was like in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23-31. He says, Are they servants of Christ? I'm speaking of an insane, I, I'm more so in, fair, in far more labors and far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Fifty times I received from the Jew 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, and not that type. He, got, he, he was actually pummeled with rocks, stoned, and everybody thought he was dead. They left him outside the city, dead. And Paul got right back up and went right back into the city and started sharing the gospel. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I, I, I have spent adrift at sea. I have been on frequent journeys. And dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights. And we have a sister who's going through that right now. Who's struggling with sleepless nights. You don't need to be praying for her. And hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure, apart from such external things there and daily pressures of the concern for all the churches. So he's saying, after all of that, I've been stoned, I've been shipwrecked, I've been beaten, I've been hit with rods. He goes, and then I'm, I'm concerned for the churches. Welcome to the life of a pastor. The 3 o'clock in the morning, wake up. Because you have to pray for somebody that's on your heart. The dogs are barking like crazy. You're like, why is that happening? And then somebody's, boom. It's like they need to pray for this person. And he says that, Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weakness. The God and the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, He is blessed forever, and knows that I am not lying. Paul's telling you, these are all the things that Paul went through. But, if you go to Hebrews chapter 11, you get more. Right? When it talks about David and Samuel and the prophets... In Hebrews 11, chapter 33, it says, Who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed righteous, uh, perform acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, and quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from the weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection. Now, all of us love that part of being a Christian. Right? We want that. That's what we want. We want those victories. We want those promises. We want to see those things be fulfilled. But he tells you and further on in that verse, he goes just a little bit deeper. And he says, And others were tortured, not accepting their release, so they might obtain a, uh, obtain a better res- resurrection. Others experienced mocking and flogging. And further, chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were put to death with the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, tormented. People of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts, on on mountains, and shelters, and caves, and holes in the ground, and all these I have gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided them something better for us, so that apart from us, they would, they would not be made perfect. Psalm 2. There are people that are being stoned to death still, in the Middle East. The largest population of Christian persecution is in Nigeria. See, we sit in a heated room, and our Christianity has not been challenged yet as believers when it comes to this type of persecution. But it doesn't mean that you don't go through the trials and the anguish and the tribulations, the sufferings and afflictions. We all go through those. And one of the things I love is that Paul is saying that we go through these things together. Together. You don't go through them alone. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. And you think this little church and the the anguish that we've gone over this past year. But think about all the things that God has done. We had over 200 kids give their life to Christ in Lytle High School and Divine High School at the events. With this little group of people. And we're planning for the spring right now. We're going back. God can do more with Christians that are walking with Him and wanting to grow and wanting to mature. And through that growth and maturity, you will go through afflictions, but God will grow you through it if you allow it. But if you don't allow it, you will sit in it. And one of the things I'm going to do next week is to go over... Because some of the greatest afflictions that happen in the Bible is where some of the greatest revelations were given to those individuals. Like God's going to send them out. He's going to reveal something to you or give you something that only comes from Him. And Him alone. And He's going to use you. The Word of God is a fire, it is a hammer, it is a sword, it is to break you at times. Oh, none of us want to be broken. Some of us will be in 2024. But are you prepared for it? See, the first thing we get is a therefore at the very beginning of verse 1 in First Thessalonians chapter 3. And the therefore is to let you know that Paul had to be driven out of the church in Thessalonica because of the crowds. They were coming to kill people. They had thugs. They hired thugs to go out and start, start chasing after people that were part of this church, this young church. In Acts chapter 17, verse 5, it says, But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of rabble, and they formed a mob, and set the city in an uproar. I can tell you right now, this nation has been sent in an uproar. They don't want to hear what the Christians have to offer. Because they wanted to find their own truth. And attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And so they're driving them out. In Acts chapter 17, verse 13, it says, But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowd. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command from Silas and Timothy to come to him as, as soon as possible, they departed. So what happens is Paul ends up in Athens. They put him on a boat and they send him out because Paul is too important to lose. Paul is planting all these churches. And so Timothy and Silas are like, we'll stay back. We got you. Go. And that's where we're at. That's what the therefore is there for. To let you know that Paul is not there. Paul had to leave because they were going to kill Paul. And so what we see first is a faith destined for affliction. It says, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it'd be good to be left in Athens alone. I love that that Paul says that. Paul is is the word endure here is, is an intense word where he is his passion, his love is for this young church. He endures it. He's worried. He's concerned. The same way that Jesus would have been concerned. Paul was mirroring what, what he learned, you know, from, from the apostles. And Jesus had, had said in Matthew chapter 9, verses 36-38, when he saw the crowds and had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Jesus sees the crowd and has compassion. And Paul has the same compassion for these young churches. And and I can tell you, I met with the board over before the holiday. And, and I can tell you, I know for sure, they have the same compassion for this young church and are praying for it. We need to understand, like... One of the things I love about this is, you know, Paul cares. Do you have that same compassion for the lost? Do you have that same compassion for your church? It doesn't have to be this church. I've told y'all, I'm, my job is not to grow the church. My job is to grow the kingdom of God. Okay? That's, simply, that's what it is. Because if you go, if you had over 200 kids come to faith, why aren't they here? They went, we had youth pastors from Lytle. We had pastors from Lytle to receive them, not us. It's not to grow this church, it's to grow the kingdom of God. We are to have compassion, we are to have skin in the game. We are to have a heart of action. And I love what it says in verse 2. It says, And sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. So Paul, he can't stand it. He's in Athens alone. He's like, i got to send for Timothy. Timothy was about 21 years old at this time. Around 20 to 21 years old. Timothy is running things in Thessalonica. This young man. And God wants to use our young people, our young adults. I asked my son, I was like, Matt, you ready to come take the church and divine? He was like, No. I was playing around with him. I'm like, hey, bro, you're twenty one. Greg Laurie started when he was twenty. You got all the time in the world, man. I was like, man, at the end of the day, we have to have brothers alongside of us to answer the call. You have to have somebody that's like a Timothy in your life. Do you have a Timothy in your life? Right? Somebody that you could call and they would show up. They would be there. And and not somebody you're going to call that's going to give you that you hang out with the bar at. That's not somebody you need to call. You need to call somebody that, that's actually going to give you godly wisdom. Right? Like I got uncles, man. They, they don't follow God. If I go to them, I know their advice is going to be just leave her. <laughs> it's, you're done. Just leave. As they're on their fourth and fifth marriage. Sadly. But we need to have somebody like a Timothy so when you're struggling or you're at the hospital, somebody's going to show up. To sit there and to listen to you. If you just need to cry, we're just here. If you need me to sit over there, I'll sit over there. You go ahead and cry. If you need me to pray with you, I'll pray with you. Those are Timothy's. That's what they do. Why is, why is Paul so reliant on Timothy? Because Paul discipled Timothy. The other thing that we have with a Timothy, that means you have to disciple somebody. You need to be looking for opportunities to sow into people's lives. At the end of the day, God will put people in place for you to disciple and minister to. But are you going to show up at two a.m. when a car crash happens? Are you going to be too busy? You know what? What do you have that type of skin in the game? Because I'm all in. Like, I I put my hands, I told a young man this past week, I had to speak to a young man who's 17. And you know when you're 17, you know everything. I did, too. So I I, I understand. I was like, bro, yeah, that's not how that's going to work. But I told him, I said, when I came to faith, I I, I don't want you to be 39 like I was. I don't want you to be 17 and run to something And then wake up at 39 and go, oh, and you look at the carnage behind you of a broken family, right, and a broken marriage. You see all of that. I was like, I would rather you get this at 17, that you would put your hands to the plow and keep going forward and keep your eyes on Christ and stop looking back. It's 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 very easy for us to very easy for us to to get in that mode where we we're, we're looking for the easy answer right See men like Timothy are not going to give you the easy answer Putting your hands to the plow and dying to yourself and keeping your eyes forward is not easy. But that's what you've been called to do as His disciple. You're to die to self daily. We're called to love one another. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, By this we know love, because He laid down His life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, it's not just simply talking about love, but, but are you going to prove it? Are you going to prove it? The times that you have to serve in ministry are the times you're going to have the worst week ever. I remember the first time I taught, it seemed like everything that could go wrong that week went wrong. Because the enemy didn't want us to, for me to step out in faith and teach. And I, I'll be honest, I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this every week. Now I do it twice a week. And as a young church, it's the same thing. You know, we have to understand as, as, as we, we love one another, that we would be willing to lay down our lives for our brethren. Are you? Now for me, I'm prior military, served in combat. I'll lay down my life for any one of you, without hesitation. I can absorb bullets better than anybody, because I can't move that fast. Gives you time to go, right?